Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Sharpen the spikes of thine blue shell and peel your bananas. Battle mode is upon us. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including an Ed Sheeran song for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And then on Thursday, we're doing the ABCs of Nintendo 64. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Patrick, do I look a little lighter on my feet to you? Do I look just a little more lithe? Than I did the last time you ooh, saw me. Ooh, oh no, you don't. What did you lose a body part or something? What happened? <laughs> kind of a <laughs> a mole that I've had since mm. birth that was on like the back of my neck that was at the perfect angle or like the perfect placement where when I would go to get a haircut, the um the little like covering they put on you, the reverse cape shield. I'm sure there's a name for it that they put on you so that way the hair doesn't get all over your body. Uh, Wait, in what way is it a reverse cape, though? <laughs> like, it's just, well, it's, because like a, it, it's like a mega cape because it goes around your whole, <laughs> like, front and back, right? No, it doesn't. I mean, I, it, does it I just go around guess, your front? I guess it goes around the back. No, you're right. It does. It goes over the shoulders. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. It's a mega cape. You're right. No, no, no. You're, you're of course, you're right. A reverse cape is just an apron. Yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. So it uh this mole was at like the perfect uh spot where it would go right under uh the mega cape, uh the fold of the mega cape. And so when pe- so I cannot tell you over my uh lifetime to this point how many times it's been accidentally like nicked yeah, or sure. something like that. But I just I just lived with it. But now not anymore. Gone, baby. It's gone. gone. Wow. Wow. Um, did, 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 wouldn't you ever get those, you know, there's like the, sometimes that like, that sort of like light foam thing that they like put around your neck where like the cape comes in contact with your neck. Do you know light? what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't. Are it's, you getting, it's, it's are like you getting this. like a straight razor, like cleanup back there? Is that what's going Ma- on? Mark, what, what kind of haircut do you think I get? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, well, Mark, you look great. <laughs> I'm happy to be recording with you again. Um, and I'm I'm glad to know that uh, this uh, minor inconvenience is no longer uh, on on your neck anymore. I yeah I'm like I guess I'm like uh, Matt Damon. I'm no longer a mole man. Do you remember when Matt Damon used to have like a lot of moles and then he just stopped one day? I guess similar to me, he had them removed. Yeah, I, I mean, in a lot of ways, you're like Matt Damon. I Thank would say. you. Thank you. <laughs> Which does not make me Ben Affleck. I don't want. <laughs> that is not something that we should start. That's not part of this. The Patrick, show is many things. What? Platypussy. <laughs> Look, there are only so many vile attacks against my character I can fend off at one time. <laughs> uh. Speaking of vile attacks against my character, uh, the Sonic Forces borrowing program, would you like to participate? Would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? Play it for as long as you want and then send it back to me? You can do all of those things. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address where I can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. There may be a box that says, un- uh, that says Sonic Forces on it, but inside, Sonic Forces isn't there. Untitled Goose Game is instead. That's fine. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Either way, you play the game for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It costs you nothing. It's the perfect borrowing program. Here is another thing you can do. You can friend us on Switch. You can find our both Patrick and my, 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 both Patrick yeah. and my. Mize. Take, take, take me out of it and see how you would say it, and uh-huh. then add Patrick and. and so how, how would you say it if it was just yours? My friend code. Okay, great. So now, now, now go back and just add Patrick and, and then, and then the, the same sentence. You can add, you can find Patrick and my friend codes 
That's correct. Okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, In the show notes of every episode, uh, add us on Switch, um, and uh, it'll just make uh, hanging out together in Splatoon that much easier or any other online game. Yeah, one one thing that has been very or that you know we we just kind of started just kind of like re-upped on uh uh doing Ring Fit Adventure some of the people in our Discord which you should also join uh, get in our Discord send us a, a message either um e- email or Twitter let us know that you'd like uh, to be invited in we will send you an invite and you can hang out on Discord. Um but in the Discord we are holding ourselves we are holding each other accountable uh to spend some time in ring fit adventure and it was a delight this morning to see some of my friends in ring fit adventure and like we were able to hold each other accountable that way was a very good time uh it's just a nice way to connect in like a a pretty passive way to just be like ah the these i i can see what other people are doing um or see what other games people are playing and who knows mark or i may be playing some like weird things and you just want to like see what we're up to you want to see how how I, I broke the 400-hour barrier on uh, Tetris 99? 420 hours at this point, Mark. That's amazing. That just keeps going up. We'll never stop. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, but we need to get to talking about what we've been playing this week. So let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Mark, I am now more uh, sincerely, more honestly, more intensely in to Shovel Knight Dig. Um, when last we spoke, I had messed around with it a little bit and was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. it. It feels like, you know, it's a, a, a roguelike uh, using Shovel Knight mechanics. Um, but as as is the case with most, most roguelites, uh, I was not uh, the the systems weren't immediately apparent to me right um i didn't have a preference for certain boons or power-ups uh i i was really just like there are choices that you make along the way um where you're like do you go into like the the second world um that you go into uh is uh different you get to choose between which of these two worlds you're going to engage with which have separate bosses at the end and like there are different things that appear in all of them so now mark i'm like i'm getting really into the headspace of shovel knight dig and when i'm not playing it or when i'm playing something else i'm like i could just be playing shovel knight dig um the the gameplay loop is so fun and so rewarding uh, and my runs are getting like longer and longer. I have I have yet to like finish a run, right? Like I haven't gotten to to the end of a of a single run yet. But I am getting deeper and deeper. I believe there that each run is four worlds long, um, and I've gotten into the fourth world, um, but uh, you know get 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 destroyed uh, uh, pretty pretty early on. But like back back when I started, I wasn't able to like beat the first boss. So like. You know, I'm 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 definitely improving, uh, and I just really, really, really love the game. The hub world—it's not a hub world, but like the place that you return to—also um, becomes more interesting over time. And so I've been enjoying like messing around with that too. Um, and there's also uh, a daily challenge leaderboard, um, which I'm finding very satisfying and fun. Um, o- over the weekend on on Saturday, I got number six in the world. Um, wow! Uh, on on this on Saturday's leaderboard. Um, so that felt great. Uh, you know, over, overall my leaderboard positioning is like, you know, <laughs> like 10,000 or something, but, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's super fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, uh, it's, it, it feels like infinite shovel Knight, um, which, you know, is probably all I've ever wanted out of a video game. That's awesome. I, you know, the, the way that you've gotten into this and the way you're describing it kind of reminds me of Hades. And how much you, you know, like, really like that and found the gameplay loop extremely satisfying. Um, maybe you just really like good roguelikes. Well, yeah, maybe I just like good roguelikes. It's just, that's probably right. Maybe I just like good games. I don't know. I'm all <laughs> huh, <those> weird. That's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> but, like, there, there definitely is something to... Uh, that like I, I do like the the sort of loop of a, of a, of a roguelike game, but uh, I think I, I need something else, right? I need another hook. And for me, like Hades had its like it's the way it like told the story and just those incredible character designs. 
um, that, you know, that really hooked me. And then Shovel Knight uh, has built in hooks for me because I like the aesthetics of Shovel Knight, right? Um, so if there's a roguelike game in a, uh, like genre or like, uh, you know, aping an IP that I already have an investment in, like I should just play those. I have not played Shovel Knight Dig, but, uh, a podcast I listened to the Super Mercado Bros video game music podcast. They are huge fans of the composer of many Shovel Knight. I think all of like the kind of like main Shovel Knight games, including Shovel Knight Dig, uh, Jake Kaufman. And they did this past week, I think it was, just like uh, an episode completely devoted to the soundtrack of Shovel Knight Dig. And there oh, are some cool. really cool, really amazing tracks in there. Um, I uh, look forward to the day when I have heard them all. Uh, I'm sure there are uh, music tracks. It's it's cool when uh, when you enter like little side rooms um you know on on your descent which are all over the place right like there are all these little uh secrets um and it's procedurally generated so it's like really cool how organic the the secret finding feels um but uh when you go into those little side rooms the main music from like the the area that you've just escaped still plays but it plays like it's in the other room Oh, that's awesome. Which is it's a fun little like audio effect uh play placed on there. Um is, is very, very pleasing. Where like it's all quieter, but like the bass seems just as loud. So, you know, like when, when your neighbor next door is playing music and like all you can hear is the thumping of the bass. Uh-huh. It's uh it, it's very funny and, and and very effective. So I've been I've been checking out Beyond Oasis. Uh I know last week that I said, you know, I was super into Salmon Run and Splatoon 3 and that I want to team up with friends and a few people on the Discord volunteered. Thank you so much. I still want to do that this week. You know, I was traveling. It was just a little bit crazy, um, but hopefully we'll be able to party up soon. But while I was traveling and didn't have a lot of time to go online, I have been playing Beyond Oasis, which is a Sega Genesis game that was recently added to the Nintendo Switch Online Sega Genesis library. And which I know from reputation is like a good Zelda-like game, which, uh, you know, an adventure game like that is fairly rare on the Sega Genesis Sword. That's my understanding anyways. But um, I am really enjoying what I've played of Beyond Oasis, and I, wa- oh. I think I want to, like, keep going. I will say, for me coming into it, the kind of, like, learning curve, I guess I'll call it, of an adventure game on the Genesis took a little bit of getting used to because in my head it's like, oh, a Zelda-like. And when I think of that, I think of a lot of the indie games nowadays that, you know, pretty closely ape, uh, you know, what a Super Nintendo Zelda game looked like and felt like and like the perspective and all that kind of stuff. And Beyond Oasis is not really like that. It feels much more like an arcade game. And it like the, oh, interesting. the, the sprites like are more like Gauntlet. Well, it feels. I guess what I mean by that is like it. Uh, it presents itself more in like an arcade game. Like you know, think of a uh, link to the past and how small the character sprites are in that game and how much of the world you're seeing. And Beyond Oasis is not like that. Like it is more like um, you know, like the perspective of Golden Axe or something like that. And the characters, like your character, moves kind of with the chunkiness of like a Golden Axe character, yeah. which is just like you know, like little things that I wasn't really used to. And in the beginning, was kind of a turnoff. But the more that I've gotten into it, and I'm not that far. I've maybe played like two hours. You know, the more you just kind of get used to the rhythms of the game and are able to appreciate it on its own terms. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not a straight up like Zelda ripoff. The RPG elements, I would say, are like a little bit heavier and all of the enemies have health bars and that sort of thing. But, yeah. um, but I, you know, I, I'm enjoying it. There are elements of it that are like, all right, this does feel a little... I mean, I guess maybe they're just generic fantasy tropes. So you uh, play as Prince Ali, uh, Ali, which I was like, huh, this game came out in 19, in the North America in 1995. And I think Disney's Aladdin cartoon came out in 1992. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe that's what was influencing the character's name in English. But, you know, you find this gold gauntlet and the power of the gold gauntlet talks to you and says, you know, there's a silver gauntlet out there that is being wielded by a bad guy. So you need to go collect like the four or five different like essences 
from around the world and you know they are uh elemental based in order to um so you're thanos <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's uh it but yeah, I I am I am enjoying it, and it is so different from any other type of like game that I've experienced on the Genesis, which generally are you know it's so like arcade focused in a or platformers or that sort of thing. You know, like uh, during last December, I was playing Strider, which is so different from something like this, which is a little more like methodical and um yeah uh, a real kind of like world to explore. Uh, but I'm kind of digging it. Um, I, I really like that sort of, um, it, it feels like to me and probably to you as well, because neither of us had Genesis growing up, um, that like, it looks like you're getting an alternate look into like history, right? Like what if uh, Zelda games were made in like a, a way where the Zelda formula hadn't been established already, right? Like you, you were talking about comparing it to um, either, you know, a, a Link's Awakening or, um, you know, other other games that sort of like ape that style. And it's just like, no, they, they were just trying to make a similar game and just like made different rules. And I think about my experience with Fantasy Star 4, um, which we did last, or I, I did last December as, as part of our um, Genesis month or a couple weeks of playing Genesis games. Um, and how you know, it, it has a lot of the same, a lot of the same qualities as like RPGs that were coming out of like Square Enix um, or just Square, I guess at that time uh, and Enix. <laughs> um, but it's also just like the language it uses is so specific and different. And you just have to like find out the ways in which it's different and adapt to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I was playing this week, Mark, was Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, which I was playing so I could be on Connor McCabe's uh, Call Me By Your Ball game. Uh, I believe that episode is going to come out this Wednesday. Uh, uh, Connor and Jeremy and I talked about Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, um, which uh, was an absolute delight for me to revisit and like put more time into uh, some of those mini games that I hadn't really dug into. Um, when, uh, the, like the last time you and I were sort of playing it and, and talking about it on the show, um, what a cool game. I, it's, it, it remains one of the most effective, like displays of what the 3DS can do. Um, like there, there are so many times where the 3D itself is, uh, like a vital part of the game to like judge the, the, the depth and like when to actually swing at something, uh, the way it uses like the gyro, uh, for like catching stuff, um, uh, the you using the touch screen to call balls and strikes in the umpire mini game, uh, you know it's just it's it's such a the thing that's like novel about it is the the buying and bartering you know sort sort of uh um like conceit of the game, uh, but there's just so much fun to actually actually be had uh, playing the mini games themselves, which is you know because I had already played through the whole story mode, that's all I had to do with it at this point which is like play mini mini games uh, and that's how i spent almost the, like all of my sunday i went for a bike ride i played mini games recorded a podcast it was it was the best i've got to say patrick uh anthropomorphic lady presenting uh automatic pitching machine for smash whatever the next smash yes version yes. is it needs yes. needs needs to be in there as a fighter yeah, that's right. The the <laughs> wearing high heels and with the Nintendo Ultra Machine for a head. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, that's that's absolutely should be the next character in Smash Brothers. Um, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get in, into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So last week, Bethesda surprise released the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Anniversary Edition on switch this is something that we had seen rated in a few different places but hadn't heard anything about was kind of expecting there'd be some sort of announcement but no they just dropped it on switch so the anniversary edition includes what the quote a decade worth of content the critically acclaimed core game and add-ons of skyrim special edition plus pre-existing a new content from creation club including quest Dungeons, bosses, weapons, spells, and more. And Creation Club is uh, when you know Skyrim officially opened up the game to the modding community on uh, like consoles as well as PC. So it seems like they've taken some 
of the best content from Creation Club and included it in the anniversary edition since the Switch version doesn't have access to the full library. Interestingly, this release is digital only and $70 new. A uh, $20 upgrade if you own the Switch version already. But a uh, kind of interesting price point for a game as old as uh, Elder Scrolls. Or sorry, Skyrim. I, especially when like a $20 upgrade from... So could you not buy the Switch version for... like, Or did they delist it? Yeah, the I... No, I don't know actually. I'm I'm guessing you can still buy the uh base Switch version if you want. But I gen in fact yeah, I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that maybe that is how you access it. Like um you either get the uh this bundle, like the anniversary edition which has both, or cuz basically what they did is they updated the base game. So you if you like, the base game got, like, an 8-gig patch or something crazy like that. Yeah, sure. And so that's what unlocks. So maybe all that's available now is the Anniversary Edition. I don't know for sure. Um, Mark, did you mess around with uh, Skyrim on, on Switch back in the early days? I did. I did not uh, do, like, the full campaign or anything because I had already done that on other platforms. But I did. When it, I when I, it released on Switch, I bought it and was very excited to have portable Skyrim for sure. Um, remember how uh, Skyrim was one of the like titles that they demoed in that like first video that went out about it? Yeah, absolutely. A guy like playing it on a on an airplane. That yeah, was that's a right. Big deal. Man, I guess even if if you're if you're buying uh, Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim on on Switch right now, it is normally sixty bucks. Huh. I just so, feel like it's it's got to be way cheaper everywhere else, right? Oh yeah, it does seem like it has to be on Steam. You know, it do, it feels like it must go on sale all the time. I'm 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 going to the Steam page for Skyrim. You 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 keep going through the new releases. Mark. All right, today October fourth, Overwatch two is released on the Switch eShop, and Thursday October sixth, near uh, Automata. The end of Yorha edition is released. I doubted myself for a moment. I was like, is it like Automata? Maybe it is that. I don't know. I've 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 heard both. I've heard both uh near automata and near automata. Um, uh, so, so, so maybe nobody knows. Maybe and, nobody knows. Yes. And then October seventh on Friday, No Man's Sky is released on Switch. That's the physical version of that, right? Yes, I'll, I actually think it's both. So I think it's oh. uh, it, it has not been available on the eShop previously. I think uh, this is the first time that it is coming to Switch. So we are definitely hitting, you know, like uh, that end of the year momentum where big re- releases are happening multiple times a week. Um, including Overwatch 2. Um, does, it, does it feel like for as big of a game as Overwatch 2 should be that like, it just sort of quietly came out. Does this feel like a quiet launch of this game to you? It, it does kind of. I feel like, uh, you know, as someone who is not tapped into the Overwatch community, it does feel like Blizzard has um, kind of spoiled away a lot of the goodwill the original Overwatch had. And yeah. they are completely sunsetting the original Overwatch. I saw somebody on, you know, kind of explaining it on the internet, kind of explaining it as Blizzard really chased the esports aspect of Overwatch, maybe to the detriment of the overall community. I, I I don't know enough about it to, you know, really have an opinion. But yeah, it does feel like Overwatch 2 is kind of coming out with a little bit of a whimper. Uh, it's so, like, Overwatch 2 is so, and just Overwatch in general is, is so strange to me because, like, I do think that the, um, like, character designs and the character movesets and, like, the sort of world of Overwatch are very cool and fun. Like, uh, and I, I played the original Overwatch for, you know, like, a, a couple months when it when it came out um, and, like, enjoyed it, but, you know, that's just not my, like, speed of gaming is, like, always playing uh, online competitive stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I was hopeful that there would be like another kind of overwatch game that would just be like a single player experience or you know a co-op you know whatever um and like yeah i i guess the the allure of the of the esport version of this thing uh is just too strong to you know it's like how we're never going to see uh a real-time strategy warcraft game ever again because world of warcraft has just replaced it right um 
so yeah, you know, it's uh, <laughs> games evolve away from my tastes, and then I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, Skyrim, uh, the special edition on Steam is forty bucks. The um, anniversary edition is uh, fifty. So you can save twenty bucks by uh, by getting it on Steam instead of on on Switch. Huh? That that's more expensive than I antici- than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me too. I, I'm 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 surprised by that. Uh, we kind of glossed, or I, I made us go all the way back to Overwatch. Um, are are you interested in picking up Near Automata? So I I just don't think I have time to play it. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. I've heard such good things and you know, now that it's on Switch, I uh um I definitely could. Maybe I'll put it on my watch list for when it goes on sale someday. There you go. To pick it up, but yeah, I just don't think I'm gonna have time right now. Um, I love the way uh, these the names of these games are written. Um, that like the R at the end of near is capitalized, and then also there are some in- weird intercaps in Yorha, uh, the end of Yorha edition. The R and the H in the middle of that word are also capitalized. It does look like. Are your kids texting about Yorha? <laughs> Learn what it means tonight at ten. Uh. Mark, I'm not going to tune into that report. I'm sorry. Um, Those are the new releases. Let's close out this segment. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, I believe you have a quiz for me. Yes, continuing, uh, I guess this is now two weeks of quizzes. Two! I have a Halloween-based quiz for you. So, this BuzzFeast quiz is going to help us determine, Patrick, what your Halloween costume will be this year. <laughs> okay. Mark, can I make a prediction? The costume will be nothing. I won't dress <laughs> up. Well, I guess we'll see what the quiz says. So, Patrick, yes, we'll which Halloween chocolate is superior? Milky Way Midnight, Pumpkin Pie Kit Kat, Butterfinger Pumpkins, Reese's Pumpkins, Snickers Jack-O-Lantern, or Twix Ghosts? I mean, is this a is is there a, a trick here? It's the Reese's Pumpkin. Okay. Bold move. Pick a Halloween movie to watch tonight. Halloween from 1978. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Wait, hold Christmas. on, hold on. It's it's tonight? Like after we're done recording? This <laughs> That's is I right. have to pick to watch tonight? Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, consider your mood. Take your temperature. Yep, Halloween from 1978. The Nightmare Before Christmas. You don't need the years. Uh, Hocus Pocus. The Haunted Mansion. Uh, that one's from 2003, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Halloween Town. And then The Addams Family, the movie from the early 90s. Oh, I'm going Adam's family all the way, man. Uh, that movie is impeccably well cast. Raul Julia as as Gomez. Uh, uh, the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the best place to go trick or treating? In a city, my small neighborhood, a friend's bigger neighborhood, a place further from home with more houses, a fancy neighborhood with fewer houses but better candy, or a mo- a neighborhood with more candy but it's lower quality. Hmm. What what is that neighborhood where there's more candy but at a lower quality? Also, is it more candy per house or is it just a densely populated area? Uh, no, you could go to the fancy neighborhood. Go okay, to go to the rich neighborhood, neighborhood, and and it, it's also funny. Uh, it, it, the the city or my small neighborhood when it's like I live in the city. <laughs> How are you spending Halloween this year? Ugh. Going to a costume parade, watching scary movies. Going to a small, socially distanced party, going trick-or-treating, giving out candy on the porch, or scaring trick-or-treaters? Uh, jeez. Uh, Halloween is on a Monday this year, so you and I will be recording an episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, but I'll say scaring trick-or-treaters. Okay, yeah, perfect. Uh, pick a scary animated movie, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. It doesn't say Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Okay, okay. Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. It's so good. Mark, have you seen Scooby Doo on Zombie Island? I, I haven't. I have it not. rules. It's a it's a very good. It's uh it, it subverts the Scooby Doo thing in that they are actually dealing with a supernatural uh phenomenon. It's great. Oh, funny. Uh, f- I think finally maybe no, it's not. Uh, pick the candy that you absolutely don't want: Necco mm. wafers, bit of honey, Smarties, Tootsie Rolls, candy corn, or black licorice. 
Uh, so I loathe black licorice and candy corn, but I'm going to go with, oh, shoot. What was the one right before those two? Uh, Tootsie Rolls? Smarties? Tootsie Rolls. I don't like them. Tootsie wow. Rolls are gone. Okay. I don't need them. Pick a Halloween TV special to watch with your family. Okay. Friends, the one with the Halloween party. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Halloween. Uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror, Five. The Office, Halloween, and Stranger Things, Trick or Treat, Freak. Uh, so it's probably, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head which is Treehouse of Horror 5, but it's probably that one. Okay, I think it's um uh, the one with like The Shining. Okay, um, all right. So The Shining, the time-traveling Homer, and um, uh, the, uh, the Cannibal Cafeteria one. I think Nightmare so. Cafeteria, I believe, is what it's called. Pick a candy that you do want. Sour Patch Kids, Skittles, Nerds, M&M's, Jolly Rancher, or Starburst? Starburst. Okay. And then finally, pick a movie about witchcraft. The Witches from 1990, The Blair Witch Project, Into the Woods, The Wizard of Oz, Harry Potter, or Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, I'm going to go into the woods on this okay. one. I just I I've been I've been uh I've been letting that spin a little bit. I've I've been in a l- another like Sondheim kick. So I've I've been listening to it. Oh, perfect timing because Patrick That's our timer. You are a mummy. The perfect last minute costume. Just throw some toilet paper on and you're set. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like the level of commitment I have to dressing up for Halloween. <laughs> uh we were accompanied today by a timer. On my phone. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. A couple of months ago, we talked about Nintendo acquiring a small Japanese company called Dynamo Pictures with the intent intent of renaming it Nintendo Pictures and using the studio to produce visual content based on Nintendo IP. Did some air quotes there because we don't know what that means. Um... Dynamo right, because you can you could argue you could argue really easily with little effort that Nintendo is already very good at making <laughs> visual content. Yeah, so Dynamo Pictures they like uh, historically previous to this acquisition did a lot of like motion capture. They did you know like cutscenes for games. I think they had worked on a couple of like animated um, anime TV series, but generally like in the game space. More kind of like, um, you know, yeah, like I said, uh, motion capture and uh, video game cutscenes. They worked on like Other M and a couple of other Nintendo right. games as well. So Nintendo picked them up, uh, intended to call them Nintendo Pictures. We don't really know what they're going to be working on, but we do know that the acquisition officially closed and there's a brand new Japanese website to prove it. Uh, absolutely no new details on what we can expect. No new details. Out None of whatsoever. Pictures, <laughs> but the company is gearing up to go on a hiring spree. Uh, they even have a place on the website where you can inquire for more details. Um, also, interestingly, uh, Yoshiaki Koizumi is listed as one of the directors on the board of directors for the company. So uh, it's been acquired by Nintendo, but seemingly is still going to operate as its you know, own business. Uh yeah, but with Koizumi on the on 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 the board of directors, um yeah, so we you know we we uh talked about this a little bit at the time that it it was announced that they were going to acquire them, um but I I still uh I I wonder how much of um what they're doing now uh sort of like hinges on or what they're going to do hinges on uh the end result of this Mario movie, yeah um you know. Like we've talked about before, Chris Melendondry, who's the like chairman of Illumination Entertainment, is now a director on the board of Nintendo. And so it seems, and you know, Nintendo has this relationship with Illumination Entertainment. So it seems unlikely to me that Nintendo Pictures will be getting into a competing space with Illumination right, Entertainment. Yeah. Because if that's the case, Chris Melendondry obviously has a conflict of interest being on the board of nintendo so but uh this will shock everybody i'm also not a business genius so may you know maybe that's not an issue i don't know it so maybe conflicts of interest don't matter anymore (laughs) right so it so yeah it'll just be really interesting to see what comes of this in the future yeah well and you know if if uh if this is really just more 
um, like studio support for their uh, for games that they're making so they can you know uh, actually help with like cutscenes and motion capture and stuff like that um, it would make sense to have all of that under under one roof right that like all of their uh, development partners can access the same tools um, for you know making more impressive cutscenes uh, either more quickly or more in, less expensively or you know what whatever um, there are many applications for this that aren't uh, make movies or TV shows or whatever right definitely. Product pages for action figures based on the characters in the Super Mario Brothers animated movie coming next year from Jax Pacific, a toy company, were briefly spotted on Amazon. There were pages for Mario, Luigi, Bowser, and Toad. The pages didn't include images, and as of the time of this recording, they have been taken down. Pages are gone. The pages don't exist anymore. This was a, a flash in the pan. Someone put them up too early or what? Um, but Mark, this made me realize something, something that I had not really thought about or considered at all, um, that we don't know what the design aesthetic of this movie is. We don't know if the Mario characters are going to look like, you know, like we, we have such a clear image in our mind of like Mario looks like this. Um, and especially with like, you know, uh, every like Nintendo sports game and like the, uh, it all uses that same sort of like new Super Mario Brothers aesthetic. Um, Will we see that here, or are what? What are we gonna see? Like, what? What are these characters gonna look like? That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I just assumed in my head that it was going to look like a cutscene from you know, like Mario Odyssey or something. But you're right. Yeah. We have not seen anything. We have not seen a single frame from this movie. A single character design. The only thing that I think we've officially seen at all is the question mark block. In the teaser, or in like yeah. the uh, that press poster, release yeah. or whatever, that was saying, "Hey, we're gonna show the first Mario movie teaser footage at New York Comic Con this coming Thursday." Right. So uh, we we are obviously living in like a a very small interval right now between uh, uh, when we and you know again, I think we'll see something of this movie. I don't know that we're gonna see Mario. Like, I think we may just see the Mushroom Kingdom, and maybe we'll see, like, boots or, like, a mustache or something. If it even takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. 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 I, it's, I, it's, it's, it's just wild. Like, see, seeing that there were these, uh, these pages for the action figures just made me realize how little we know about this movie and how much our assumptions, just based on our, you know, hyper-familiarity with the source material... Um, is feeding what could be like i think it's it's possible that uh they'll show us something uh interesting and unique and maybe even kind of cool and we'll hate it because it's different i kind of you know now that you've brought this up as a possibility like i almost hope that it is kind of radically different because then it'll be whether good or bad easy to like divorce from the other mario stuff yeah yeah totally I mean, just like think about think about the other things out there, especially in uh, film and television that have borne the Mario name and how little those look like what we think of as Mario. Yeah, man, that uh, this is going to be really interesting. And also, as you point out, like we don't in the show notes, we don't know the name for the movie yet. Uh, yeah. I think I think Nintendo just officially refers to it as the Super Mario movie currently. But I mean, I guess, you know. Nintendo DS code name to console name Nintendo DS, so maybe it'll just end up being the Super Mario right, movie. But right. I do wonder if there's uh, more to be revealed there as well. Uh, I mean, they, that could also just be them, because Nintendo is weird in the way it refers to their products, right? Like they don't say, uh, you know, a new update to Splatoon Three. They say a new update to the Splatoon Three game, uh, and they always say it like that. And they're the only company who does it. And I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know them calling it the Super Mario Brothers movie or the Super Mario movie or Super Mario Brothers, not brothers, just Super Mario no, Brothers. Okay, all right. But we know Luigi's in it. <gasps> Maybe we, Luigi's and it's not Charlie his Day. <gasps> Mark, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I take it back. It can't be. Okay, thank you. I refused. You. I refused to believe it. The physical ver- retail version of Bayonetta One came to store shelves in North America last week as scheduled, but the release was pushed back at the last minute for the UK and Europe. And 
we don't know why, and no solid new release date has been revealed, but on their social channels, Nintendo communicated that they are, quote, now aiming to release the physical edition of Bayonetta in the first half of October exclusively on my Nintendo store. Uh, which is an interesting, strange development. I don't really know what to attribute that to. Supply chain stuff is weird, especially uh, in, in Europe. So um, maybe that's uh, just what's to blame. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a bummer that it's late and only through the My, Ninten <clears throat> My Nintendo store. Both uh, Also, interestingly, both Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 received patches last week that include in-game display and subtitle options for Korean, Chinese, and Simplified Chinese. Uh, the first time that those games have received it, which um, kind of makes sense only in the sense it makes sense that they are adding these because in the past 10, 15 years, like um, uh, markets outside of Japan in Asia have just exploded in growth. You know, uh, Nintendo has partnered with Tencent, I think the company is, you're right, to mm -hmm. like officially release the Switch in china in mainland china and so there's just um we've just seen more and more of this where you know more languages are supported natively in all of nintendo's games yeah well and it's interesting to see them like go back for the for uh, bayonetta one and two likely in a, a move to make you know to build an appetite for the new one for for bayonetta three which comes out this month right like yeah just a couple of weeks at this point just a couple of weeks um so yeah you know they they are positioning themselves to really like move this thing around the world ed sheeran is contributing a new song to pokemon scarlet and violet the video for the song celeste celestial uh alternates between like footage of sheeran going throughout his day and this animated fantasy of him living in a pokemon world um you know like charmander cooking his breakfast and stuff like that i really like the animated parts of this video i thought it was really fun yeah i i also really like the the animated parts of this video um and uh thought, thought it was fun although uh see i have so little exposure to ed sheeran just as like an artist in general um that my first thought was of uh remember when he was on game of thrones oh my gosh patrick that's exactly <laughs> what i thought of as well He's just in one episode of Game of Thrones, just like sitting around a fire and like singing a song. Um, so like, I mean, hey, Ed Sheeran, if if you've got if you can flex like that and like be on Game of Thrones and do a Pokemon song, like, good on you, buddy. Yeah, living the good life. <laughs> um, there was something in this video that made me laugh out loud. He's in the recording studio, um, uh, you know, towards the end of the video, and a Pikachu like a little cartoon Pikachu is at the mixing board and just like pushes a slider up. <laughs> I love it. It expands the uh, Pikachu mythos. You have detective Pikachu, like Pikachu's right. with jobs, detective Pikachu, um, sound engineer, sound Pikachu. engineer Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's good. It's a, it's, it's a good kind of Pikachu. Um, another thing I, I clocked about this, uh, the, the music video here is that it is, um, you know, r right at the end when like the animation style changes to be because most of the cartoon portions are um, like not anime looking they're uh, in like a, a, a Western style of animation. Um, but the uh, at the end, when it does get into like anime portions and like Ed Sheeran is the Pokemon trainer, um, it adds a couple more um, like more more recent Pokemon um, like starters, I think, from uh, Sword and Shield. But other than that, it's all just Gen 1 Pokemon. Which is so interesting for a song that's going to be featured in the newest in Pokemon the new game. one, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the only like we see uh, there's like a, a purple Game Boy Color um on on the table that presumably um Sheeran is playing uh Pokemon on. Um, but it's a Game Boy Color. It's not it's not a Switch. It's not even a 3DS. Like, um, it's it's totally a nostalgia play. Um. And maybe that's why it worked for me at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just interesting that like this is the thing that goes along with the new Pokemon game. And it's just so backwards looking. The next upcoming tour in Mario Kart Tour will for the first time feature a battle mode. The battle tour kicks off today, Tuesday, October 4th, and includes the GBA Battle Course 1 and GameCube's Cookie Land from the Double Dash game. Uh, crazy to think that uh, battle mode wasn't included before, um, but I guess uh, like kind of kind of makes make makes some bit of sense because uh mario kart 8 vanilla mario kart 8 
um, had battle mode, but it was all on regular tracks. Like they didn't have battle mode right. arenas um, until Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, like went back and fixed it, so you could uh, you know actually do battles that that made sense. Um, I don't know, Mark. Do you screw around with um, battle mode on uh, on Mario Kart like at all anymore? I I, I just I, I I am always just in it for the racing at this point. Yeah, I w- if I play online, I only play battle mode. I don't I don't like doing the races online because I am oh, you bad. Only do battle mode. Oh yeah, because I can actually have fun in battle mode. Um, because they're just complete chaos. So yeah, if I'm playing online, I do battle mode. It's it's interesting. So my experience. You know, I played so much battle mode as a kid on, like, Mario Kart 64 and even the GameCube one to a certain extent, but definitely Mario Kart 64. So battle mode is such a huge part of my Mario Kart experience that the fact that it's almost become, like, an afterthought for Nintendo in these last couple of entries is just really interesting to me. Because for me, battle mode is, like, I look to that in a Mario Kart game. Like, that's an important aspect of it to me. Um, so I haven't messed around with Toad for, or sorry, for, with Tor for many years now on at this point, but, um, I am glad that it's being added to the game. And to me, it makes it feel like more like a complete Mario Kart experience. Um, man, that, that's, uh, that's so wild to me that like, I, I, I was like, oh yeah, I, I think of it as, as an afterthought. And I was like, who, who doesn't? And then you were like, bam, I don't. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm being confronted with a, a, a reality different than the one I expected. But also Mark, this is another example of the video game that you love evolving away from the thing you loved about it. Right. Like, um, so uh, that's uh, that's just an interesting. We've we've got little parallels running along here throughout the episode, Mark, and I like it. Finally, Nintendo has updated the Nintendo Switch Online app to version two point three point zero. It includes the main new feature is widgets for Splatnet, where you can add them to like your home screen, which is a big feature of, or like your lock screen, a big feature of the new iOS update for iPhones um, last month. So the widgets for Splatnet allow you to see the s- stage schedule or current gear or battle logs or albums, which is, uh, I think, a pretty cool addition. It's nice to be able to just like, look at your phone and see what stages are up right now without having to either go into the app or into the game. Yeah, it's with, with these new widgets and just like with uh, the um, Splatnet 3 um, functionality like as it is, uh, like... They're getting closer and closer to to a, the Nintendo Switch Online app being like a useful companion to to the game. Um, I mean, I think it it probably is useful, but it could be like even more revolutionary. It's just uh, it, it's neat to see them like actually approaching this finally, and it also makes me wonder um, like, are these kinds of uh, services and stuff available for um, other? games like not not nintendo games but like um you know are are are, do they build like this sort of functionality we were just talking about overwatch 2 is there like an overwatch 2 app that like helps you see um you know like what uh what i I guess all the stages are available all the time but yeah when you know uh the example that comes to mind is when i was playing a ton of destiny a few years ago um bungie had like a pretty fully featured destiny app so you could see like where Zer was which is kind of like a merchant that shows up occasionally like at you know when he was there and just like um you could get information on the latest updates and all that kind of stuff so it is nice to see nintendo kind of playing in this space and i feel like just like we've seen with the nintendo switch online application on the switch itself where you know they added rewards they where you can earn uh platinum points and the new like uh user icons that you can and all that kind of stuff like they are slowly i feel like um putting effort there which is nice to see um can can we talk about those icons for a second because i've been uh i've been obsessed with collecting the nes ones um so there there was a a period of like a i think it was all september where every week they had a different set 
of uh like 8-bit and um like nes hardware icons so like you know they had the the famicom they had controllers they had the nes they had the like re-release of the nes with the like the dog bone controller um and then like 8-bit sprites from uh super mario brothers super mario brothers 3 uh balloon fight zelda donkey kong um a bunch a bunch of different nes games um and i was go mark every time that they would change i would just go in there and clear them out i got every single i think i got every single one of these things i have 76 um icons uh, from from the nes collection uh, and i just went in uh today before we started recording because i was like i'm gonna pick up the new ones because there have been new ones every week um but it seems like it's done i don't think they're doing them anymore yeah i think they've moved on although it seems like they've occasionally come back to you know like games or themes that they've done in the past uh after a few months so maybe they will return, or maybe they'll maybe they'll move on to like uh, Super Nintendo sprites. That would be cool too. Um, have Have you been uh, picking up any uh, of of those icons? I haven't. I haven't really been messing with it at all. I've been rock. I think I've been rocking the uh, captured um, Goomba from Super oh, Mario yeah. Odyssey for a few years now. But I do think it's nice that they have created this system that if nothing else gives like real utility to platinum points like regular use yeah of platinum totally. points with these like fun little collectible things um that yeah are uh, seemingly only for a limited time um right now i'm i'm rocking the uh, uh the blue virus from uh dr mario as as my player icon and i don't ever see me changing it because it's <laughs> so i just the, the viruses are so full of personality and like they just don't appear in enough stuff and i love them i love them to pieces and the blue one just looks you know he's like got his little like hand up and it, i don't know he's just cool i love him <laughs> um all right mark let's get out of the news That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society member. Please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we appreciate it so much when you do. If you like the show, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter or any sharing space that you participate in. Um, that's how people find the show is uh, you, you sharing it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Card Society. It's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, somebody likes battle mode. And thank you for listening.